This is an incredible, amazing episode of the Final Percent Podcast. As many of you know, when I speak, I talk about the catalyst and this person who I say I saw speak one time and he reached into my heart, into my soul and started striking a different chord that I didn't even know was resonating with me because people were saying I'm this inspiring guy and I should be this motivational speaker and I'm going you are crazy I don't want to do that and I remember I got to see this incredible person speak and I looked over at my wife and I said maybe I could be a speaker and she goes really and that person who brought out the miracle mentality brought out the the magic inside of me was none other then Tim Story, who has become an incredible friend and mentor of mine, and he is joining us today. Please welcome Tim. Thank you so much for, for joining me on this podcast. And we are real friends. And you know, I always ask about your wife, yep. your mother, your child, yeah. and uh, I'm so proud of you. I mean, you've been doing big things for a long time and educating people, but it seems like over the last like two years, things just kind of went boom, boom, boom. You're oh, taking yeah. it to, to a whole other level. I'm loving it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a an interesting ride. And I, I remember, you know, our mutual friend, Coach Bert, who um, kind of got us in in touch. And I just remember when he was saying, hey, do you want to come help run support on this tour? And I was saying, well, who's going to be on it? And he's, he said, Tim's story. And I'm going, Tim, what? You're, you want me to be, I'm going to hang out with the person who even helped me get enough confidence. And, uh, and it was just amazing, you know, getting to do that comeback tour with you and the, the tips and the, the pointers that you were able to give me and, and the embrace and just your friendship and, hearing your stories. And I, I remember, you know, watching a, a true master speak was incredible because I think a lot of people think that great speakers just get up there and they, they quote unquote wing it. And one of the things that, ju that just really set you apart when I was going, oh, he's obviously very charismatic and he's this was yeah. the amount of research and work and caring and compassion you put into every single word that you were you were saying from stage and i just i remember watching you work and and you bring out the magic in other people like you had done for me and i just remember going wow that's 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 what it looks like that's what that level looks like and it's just you've been such a an inspiration for me for so long. And it's, it's, I, I just, I count it as such a blessing being able to call you friend. Well, thank you for that. I think that, um, you know, many times people talk about if you want to uh, influence people, just keep coming up with content, put out content. And that's not really how I see it. I see it as uh, put out quality, mm. put out quality. And um, because of being around the entertainment industry, 
for the last, uh, let's see, probably 35 years at a very strong level. If you see someone that is known as somebody that's amazing, like a Martin Scorsese mm. or Steven Spielberg, they're not just putting out content. Um, the types of films that they're making are well thought out. Yes. They're, they're well written. Uh, the cinematography is at a next level. And so that's how I've always approached speaking from yeah. day one. I was never winging it. As you said, I was never just putting out content. Um, speaking is more than charisma or non-charisma. It's more than being clever. Yes. I think today's speaker, a lot of them are just clever, but they're not Martin Scorsese. No. You, you, want, you want to be Martin Scorsese when you get up and speak. And, and that was, I remember talking with you in Nashville and you were talking about how much you still study words and impact and the the thoughts that you put behind the content and the execution. And it it was just it was really eye opening for me because I at that moment, yes, I wanted to be a speaker, but I didn't realize what it actually took to be a speaker, how much energy and effort that you you put into it. And it was it was it was really fun to, you know, realize that there's this there's this whole other side to speaking. And I think a lot of people look at speaking as, quote unquote, a performance instead of a. A, a, an impact moment like what i what i tell people is you know if you're a speaker you are you want to be the architect of moments you want to put people into an environment to where they can finally make a decision or take an action to to go to that next level and boy watching watching you do that and and it's it's interesting cuz it's not just the conversations on stage it was those conversations where i watched you breathe life into people when it was just one-on-one -on -one. and we were speaking in I think it was in Phoenix and one of the big things that when I was I was going okay that that was incredible we were all standing in a circle and yeah. there was someone who kind of walked up and they were they were on the outside kind of trying to hear what we were saying and mm -hmm. where most people were trying to you know, corner Tim's story so they can can get some photo op time or some 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 uh, conversation time or glean something. You noticed this person who was kind of in the back. You opened up the 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 circle and you said, "Hey, you come in here and you stand with us." And I was just going. Now, even that little moment was such an impact for that person because even though. I was just an observer in that moment. I went and I'll tell you anytime now when I'm getting off stage or that's happening now and I see that person who's kind of too scared to get into the mix, I yeah. will make sure that I make space for them and bring them in. And it's those little moments that I think that people don't realize how powerful it is in that master of the human connection and experience and in the age of AI, where everyone thinks, "Oh, I'm just going to chat GPT my speech," yeah, yeah, but how are what kind of soul are you putting behind it? And how are you connecting? Um, and well, it's just I want to say this: Thank you for the observation, but it shows uh, another reason 
why you are doing so well in all the spaces that you're in. Because I think that since you were a kid, you always found your way to uh, excellence in whatever you decided to do. Mm -hmm. um, here's how I look at it. So there's a proverb that says, do you see a person skilled at their work? They will serve in the presence of the elite mm. and they will not remain obscure. So let's break that down for a second. Do you see a person skilled? So uh, Malcolm Gladwell got a lot of people going because he says, you know, it takes about 10,000 hours to become a master at something. But our mutual friend, uh, Coach Burt, says something really good about that. He says, yeah, but you have to have the right mentor and tutor for those hours. It's not like you just put in the 10,000 hours. You got to be mentored and tutored yes. and educated correctly. So let, let's go there. Watch. So do you see a person skilled at their work? So whether you run a restaurant or you're a mother watching today, or you're a father, or you're a plumber, or you deliver food right now, whatever you do, when you become skilled at your work, life will take you into the presence of the elite. I promise you, it's the way, the way it works. And the reason that is, is because when you build your spot, life will put the spotlight on your spot. Mm. And so if I, if I would to flip this as um, like a guy that's been in the NBA longer than you. So let's say that um, if I was uh, Magic Johnson and you're LeBron James, I would say that with you is that behind the scenes of the tour we did with Coach Burt, um, I saw how hard you hustled. I saw that you were moving, you were running, you were making things happen. Uh, it just meant a lot to me of how proud of uh, you that your mother was. And so I bring that up all the time. Um, I saw you skilled at your work. So the fact that you are getting a bigger, broader audience is not surprising to me. It's what's going to continue to happen because you're skilled at your work. Mm. That's so powerful. And, you know, it's Kayla and I often talk about this. One of the first concepts that hit home to me that you had is identifying if it's a good idea or a God idea. Yeah. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that, you know, I was I was told, hey, go try to inspire or motivate people. And then I said no for so long. And then I heard you at, at the first 10X. And it was, it was, I'm telling you, it was literally like you punched me right in my soul. And yeah. I, I was able to resonate. And then you fast forward two years and I'm, I'm calling you friend and I'm speaking with you. That, that has to, that's a God idea. And I just remember when, that idea, I was just like, oh my God. And so now Kayla and I will, when we say that, oh, is this a good idea? We ask ourselves, okay, is this a good idea or do we get to drop an O? And if you drop one of the O's, it turns into a God idea. 
Yes, that's very nice. Letting God operate in your life and recognizing yeah. where the power is coming from. I think, you know, with our, with our, with what my son that I just had, there was, there's no question in my mind that God is operating at a extraordinarily high level and, you know, watching the miracle of childbirth and, you know, we went through a, a yeah. miscarriage and then prayed for three years. And when Conrad finally arrived, it just, it's, it was almost like everything started making sense and everything happened right the way it needed to at the time it needed to. And it certainly was, I love the, the, the saying, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah. Um, I certainly made God laugh a lot because I was like, come on, hurry up. Um, I think one of the things that would be, because there's so many people I think are trying to become a speaker nowadays. A lot of people are saying, hey, how can I get on stage? I want to be a speaker. I want to this, you know, someone who is so revered and at a moment's notice, I mean, you can really change the entire trajectory of an event. I've I've seen you do it. And it's just, it's so, it really goes back to that miracle mentality and the magic that you pull out of things. These up and coming speakers, what would what is the advice that you would give them to where they can start on a on an impact path and not just a performance path? I, I like that. So this idea of good idea versus God idea come came to me in the middle eighties. That's a long time ago, and in around nineteen eighty eight, I actually wrote a book on it called The God Idea. Mm. And one of the things that I say in this book is that a God idea, number one, is God breathed. It's God breathes something into you. Secondly, it's God inspired. And thirdly, it's God endorsed. Mm. And I feel that a lot of times people had God breathe. It, the Hebrew word is ruach, the breath of God, the life of God that God breathed something into them, but they didn't know that was God. So number one, it's God breathed. Secondly, it's God inspired. Well, you start to say to yourself like you did, because we'd be on the road and we'd be talking and you'd say, you know, we already have this educational program. We're doing this. I'm going to start doing more on the road. What you told me you are now doing. Yeah. Because it was God breathed. It was God inspired. But here's, What's powerful? It's God endorsed. Mm. It's God endorsed. So, what a lot of people look for is sponsors. So, if you do an event and if you can get Target, Coca Cola, um, let's say Mercedes Benz to sponsor it, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But how about being sponsored by God? When you're sponsored by God, you're pretty much unstoppable. And that's what's happening to your life right now is that you're being sponsored by God to do these things. And obviously it is for you, your wife, your child, your extended family, but it is to change people's lives. Yes. When you start walking in this way of thinking in the miracle mentality, it's hard to beat. Oh, it really. And, you know, let's let's talk about the miracle mentality um, a little bit. So the the book is fantastic. Um, 
I, 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 I got it right when it came out. And then the first I time you say, thank you. So when you see me nodding, I'm not going like, <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, well, and it, it was so good because I think that it's in a lot of ways, it's a, it's something that can, this book can raise awareness in people to realize that, you know, everyone has this miracle mentality and you, you can, operate in it with a decision you just have to raise your awareness so so much so that i i actually ordered 10 of the copies from uh uh amazon and then i gave them out to um some of the clients that i i had just onboarded because i was like i want you to listen to the book and I then that. i want you to read the book because um I, and a lot of people don't realize if you listen to a book and then you read it you get kind of two different things yeah um but can you give us kind of your your process of like where did the miracle mentality come from, and when you were writing the book, what was what did that whole process look like? Um, number one, thanks for having the people that you're mentoring read the book and listen to the book. With with me, I'm interesting. Um, I don't I don't look around for a lot of people's ideas. So uh, the fact that other people had maybe talked about mentality or mindset. Um, I didn't like see that and then like take a few of this guy's ideas or this lady's ideas. I'm I'm very much a writer who creates my own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to the Beatles this morning because I know you love music and you perform music. Oh, yeah. um, and so much of what John Lennon came up with and Paul McCartney came up with as you see in different documentaries was so original, so much their own and even like really strange songs, like we all live in the yellow submarine, <laughs> um, just really interesting thinking and very original. Yep. So, so watch, watch where I'm going with this. The miracle mentality came when I was speaking in South Africa in Soweto to some little kids. And I asked the person who was running this orphanage, what are their ages, this group? Oh, this group is five to eight. And then you're gonna speak to the eight to 12. Only five to eight. And there was a lot of kids at this orphanage in South Africa. So as I'm motivating these kids and getting them all excited, I said, um, who do some of you want to be when you get older? Or what do you want to be? Who do you want to be like? Or, or, or what do you want to be? And one little girl said, I'm going to be like Beyonce. Okay. So I found out later she was only six. And then a little boy said, I want to be like LeBron James. You got to remember these kids were living in a hut. And then this little five-year-old girl says, I'm a queen. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're living in a hut and they have a miracle mentality. Mm. A miracle is something extraordinary, uncommon, not normal, not natural. How can they have a miracle mentality and they're living in a hut? Because I believe that even while we were in our mother's womb, that God had already breathed our destiny into us 
and that we are formed with the miracle mentality. Mm. The miracle mentality is taken from us. It's not given to you. Oh. You can add to it. You can grow it. You could evolve. You could educate it. You do it. I do it. I did it today. Yeah. But it is innate. So what those kids were 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 saying by thinking such big things was out of their innocence of who they are. Mm. So the Miracle Mentality book is about aligning yourself with the innocence of who you were created to be. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a very powerful it's a very powerful book and uh it's it's one of those books, you know, I I put it right up there another one of our mutual friends Sharon Lecter um she has a book called Outwitting the Devil, which I just absolutely love this book. And I mean amazing. Every every so often there's these books that get written that are kind of one of those like you like I call them January books like everyone has like their uh their uh uh new year's resolution but I think there's like a few books that like you should just everyone should read every January so it's it's not like oh I have the information and now I can just read another book it's it's like a refresher course and I think the you're hitting the nail on the head because you're right we are getting the miracle mentality taken from us it's not given to us and and i and that's why like it's this awareness like making you remember your miracle mentality and be aware that like your future is inside of you not ahead of you you just you really have to understand who you actually are and and how you were created and then just go own it and 100 percent. and you when you say this about sharon lecter she she is a master at what she does uh from helping to write in a major major way rich dad poor dad yeah outwitting the devil is so good i left it on my mantle probably at least half of the pandemic yeah i was reading through that book over and over um Brilliant, brilliant mind, but I like where you're going with this. And I think that part of the idea is this, is to realize that something's been stolen from you. Mm. You you have to start realizing that you're missing something. It's like most people, when they misplace this, the iPhone, yeah. okay, they won't step maybe a few yards away and realize, ooh, left my phone at the counter. Yeah. Um, uh, left my phone at the seat before I got up to get on my plane. Yeah. We're just, we're looking for it all the time, right? Yeah. But somebody that's watching right now, you've been pickpocketed. Somebody stole your miracle mentality. They stole your innocence to dream and to think different, better, more magical. And so what I do to myself on a daily basis is I trigger myself back into the innocence of my miracle mentality. Mm. I trigger myself through uh, music because I love Motown. Because as a kid in the inner city, we listened to people like Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye. So I trigger myself through that music. I trigger myself through praise and worship. I yes. I trigger myself through movies that 
I grew up on that I used to like. So very important to trigger yourself to get yourself back into alignment to who you really are. So with you liking Motown so much, and obviously Motown is, it's, it's one of my very, very favorite yeah. music genres. And it, in so many ways, you know, laid the foundation for what American music is. Um, but then you end up becoming friends and coaching basically the the heartbeat because i mean we've got barry gordy's the brain of it but the heartbeat was Smokey robinson and and now that's a good friend and, and you've been with him for a, what is it like going from hey this is this is going to trigger me into the innocence of miracle mentality i love motown but then it's like hey this legend is is my friend yeah what, what is that like i think that it's 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 surreal uh that one can have a life where you start off and you look like you're just going to live what I call almost life. And I remember when, let's start with Stevie Wonder, because that's been my friend for 25 years. Mm. He, got a, he got an award and he called himself and he said, I want you to sit next to me because you understand the price I paid to get this award. It's it's the Stevie Wonder. And to be with him as much as I am and to dialogue with him. And I mean, could you imagine just sitting on a piano bench and it's you and Stevie Wonder, and there's usually a, like an attendant or a, a, his bodyguard who they're all my friends uh, are usually around. And, and he's just playing his old music. So like a lot of the music I grew up on I'm hearing him play it as I'm sitting on the same bench. We had a birthday party for me one time and Smokey Robinson came and sang at this big birthday party, my birthday party. Uh, when I got my doctorate degree and we uh, did this big party, Smokey came and spoke at my event. And Barry Gordy the creator of it is uh, a real friend, a real brother. The vice president, Suzanne DePass, is like my sister for mm. the last 27 years. So I think it's surreal, but in, in the context I put it in is a scripture that says, for God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think mm. that's the context i put it in for that's god true. is able i could not have ever pulled this off that's why you you see how laid back i always am yeah um i'm a working machine i'm running a lot of companies yeah we're up to a lot of things at work but i'm very laid back in many ways because i know that god is able to do exceedingly yeah abundantly above all yeah yeah one of my very favorite songs when i was in uh chicago and this is just another thing that you know i i i have to attribute to god one of my very favorite singers um is Smokey norfolk and yes. and i mean he's just he's just un unbelievable and so i was doing an event in chicago and i was going oh his church is here and then i realized 
oh well he's not actually at the church um but we i was like you know what we're gonna go anyway and then this just happened to be the one time out of like the last six months that he was there and so we got to see him preach we got to see him perform and then he was very you know trying to protect his health with covid and everything going on so he had a, a mask on and everything and he said hey just so you know i'm not going to go out there but you know i'm here to preach i'm here to this and then i don't know again this is god working behind the scenes so we get ready to leave we're with my 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 son um we're with my team i just had them have this whole thing we walk out and then smoking orful is just standing there and he says can i pray for your child and wow. he stood there and prayed for conrad and we were going Oh my, like, and it's just all of the things that had to happen for that to be a moment in our life is just, is just incredible. And the music and the the power of prayer and, you know, letting, letting God actually operate. And, and, you know, one of the things I told Kayla is, you know, we have to remember to say thank you um, because people, I think so often when they pray for certain things to happen, they somehow think that they did it and they like they pray to God for something to happen and then they forget to say thank you. And I I just tell Kayla all the time. It's like every time I see Conrad, I say thank you. Every time I see Kayla as my wife, I say thank you. I, my health, I say thank you. And it's just it's these moments where we were talking about really doubling down on our podcast. And and my assistant Owen was saying, well, who's who do you think the biggest person is that, you know, is the catalyst for this? I'm like, well, Tim's story is in like my speech. If no one knows who I am and I'm doing my, my, my speech to help people know who I am, you cannot know who I am without knowing who Tim is because he literally was the catalyst in my brain and my heart and drew out that miracle mentality. And he says, okay, well, let's see if he'll get on a podcast. And I was like, that's a great idea. And then, he responds. He says, "Hey, Tim and Joseph said, hey, we can we can do this.'" And and it was just like an instant yes. And I'm like, the person who inspired me, I get to like. So it's kind of like you're like my Smokey Robinson, you know, you're my Stevie Wonder. And it's just like, and now it's surreal that I get to have those conversations. And and it's it's just so and thank, and thank you for that. But I think part of it is with you. If we if we can now introduce another concept is that you reap what you sow. And so, you know, you you know, I love this idea of he who works his land shall have abundance. Mm -hmm. Whoever chases fantasies lacks wisdom. Now, it's not to put anybody down who wants things easy, but the reality is, is it doesn't usually happen this way. So I have something here that somebody handed me as a gift the other day. And look what it is. It's a lottery ticket, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's a lottery ticket. So somebody came up the other day and they said, uh, I'm such a big fan of yours. This was just in Miami. And um, the, the lottery is now over a billion dollars and they're gonna choose it this week. And so I thought this was so kind of funny because I'd never, been given a lottery ticket as a gift yeah so i said i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it just because i think it's pretty funny but i think that a lot of people they almost have a lottery 
ticket mentality mm. of, you know, hopefully this will happen and I'll get lucky and get this breakthrough. But one reason good things keep happening for you is that you have done what I call the law of the harvest. You plow the ground, you plant the seed, you water the seed, you get the harvest, you plow, you plant, you water. So even down to the uh, conferences that you guys do, like your wife is very present. Mm -hmm. Your team is very present, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the swag that you guys have is very cool and very cutting edge and very present. So the fact that guys like myself or Sharon Lecter, who both of us have been around for a while, want to give you a boost, want to give you a life lift, it's not by accident. Mm. See that you are reaping what you have sown. Mm. Yeah. Well, I I I really appreciate um that. And you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, when we uh when we when we meet again and what we can, you know, accomplish together. I know uh um I've got a a, a bunch of events that uh we're putting on the calendar and I know that we're gonna be getting in touch to see uh when you can come out because uh I just it's it's so funny. I've had so many people talk to me and they're like, um uh recently um it was a girl, man, I can't remember her name, but she went to your church um out in California because she said, You kept talking about Tim's story and you kept yeah. and I I one of my friends said that oh Tim's story is in town and he's gonna be speaking and they went and she goes Greg, you weren't kidding. He's incredible. And I was like, I know. And so it's just uh um it's it goes back to what Sharon talks about a lot, the the power of association and lifting lifting one another up. And um, you know, I like I said, you can't tell the Greg Kimball story without telling the Tim story. Tim story story um and uh and knowing who you are and you know I'm going to be forever grateful for you coming into my life and well, that means Greg that means uh so much to me because when I think of myself in seminary studying as much as I was studying and and praying and really being very disciplined in my lifestyle to to think that later on that I would affect someone like you to a certain degree because you've had other mentors of, of course and other people but to even play some role yeah it's such a big deal to me so thank you for saying that and um i'm loving your message your style i think on stage you're 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 becoming pretty unbeatable oh, thank um, you. it's it's not it's not easy to be good on stage i think I think that um, in the area of speaking, as you said earlier in the podcast, that most people are are pretty pretty okay, but there's very few uh, people that they have a certain sound or a tone because you know music. If you hear a harmonica, you could say, "Ooh, that's Bob Dylan." Mm -hmm. uh, you heard a harmonica, you could say. Oh, that's Stevie Wonder. They both played that same instrument a different way. Oh, yeah. Are the keyboards. Oh, that's John Legend. Mm -hmm. And I think that you are creating a speaking style 
that is very much you and uh, you're so young, the road is wide open for you. So uh, go get them and keep lifting up the world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And what, what uh, I, I know that just to point people to, you know, understand a little bit more about what you've got going on, what's the best way to kind of come back and, and find out more about what uh, Tim is doing? Because you're, you, you do have your hand in a lot of things. I know we've got, you know, you actually help people become coaches. I know you have that series out. Uh, you've got world shakers. Like what's the yeah. best way to have people come know more about what Tim's story is up to? Thank you for that. So we have a, a updated website uh, done by a guy named Derek, who's my buddy, who's phenomenal. Awesome. So timstory.com. So, you know, story for me is S-T-O-R-E-Y. So timstory.com. And you'll find all these different lanes that we're in. So timstory.com. Awesome. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, Tim, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, beyond all measure. And uh, I'm just excited to, you know, be in this space and call you a friend. And, uh, you know, thanks for breathing so much life into the world and into people. And it's just, it's truly a blessing to call you a friend. And thank you for what you do in this, uh, in this space. What a privilege. Thank you very much. It's the first.